Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there is a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. In the Know, the Bourbon Street Shots Podcast. We're your hosts, Shemit Duop and Mason Ginsberg, and this is all Pelicans all the time. Welcome to In the Know. This is going to be part one of our two-part podcast. In this part, we'll talk about the Pelicans as we always do. In the next part, we'll also talk about the Pelicans as we always do. But the second part is going to be your questions. Mason, my man, what is up? How are you doing? 
Uh, good. This is, uh, I feel like it, I feel like the tides are, are changing a little bit with this Pelicans team, not to say that they're suddenly uh, a, a really good team, but I think at right, I'm getting to the point where they're a fun watch night in and night out. And I feel like that's not something we've been able to say a lot over the last few years, um, even throughout the AD era. Um, I, I, but I mean, I, I mean, do you agree? It, it's kind of feels, feels different. It feels more exciting, even if they lose like last night, but it's, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Well, you tweeted out uh, a shot chart that represents Zion Williamson and I uh, thought it was pretty creative and instead of shots made it was just a big angry green Hulk face and I think that's been pretty representative of this past month where Zion is basically averaging 28 points a game seven rebounds and almost five assists a game shooting like 65 percent from the field or something absurd you think he creates for others I'm saying he creates for others. Okay, I, know. I feel like I, I've, I've I've heard the national media say that he doesn't do that as much as 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 uh, other uh, as other players do, and or as much as he should. And so I just wanted to make sure that was clear. He is creating for others. That's good. Yeah. Uh, weird how national media says things that aren't true. What <laughs> that never happens. Never happens. <laughs> but in any case, this it would be remiss of us to have a podcast and not talk about how amazing this dude has been. And, you know, I feel like we've talked about it before on the pod. We're like, okay, what he's doing as becoming normalized, people are becoming numb to it. They're, they want to see more. They're, they're not as excited by it. And, you know, we said this almost a month ago before he went on this tear and here we are a month later and he's taken another level up. And he's become even more effective. He's become even more historical. And still, I feel like the buzz around this guy isn't what it should be. Am I off there? No, no, not at all. I mean, I I think so. I think kind of what's happening here is, um, you know, he, he gets all these accolades for the things that he's doing. Uh, and the ways that he's scoring specifically and where he's scoring from. But I, I don't think there's been enough talk about how he's doing it specifically and how it's really just Zion doing things for Zion. Um, no one's setting him up. I mean, like he's not this conventional big man, like, like AD, for example, where, um, and granted AD has gotten taken some strides with the Lakers in his, his ability mm-hmm. to create his own shot. But I, I feel like, I mean, he's, even AD is nowhere near what Zion's been doing over the last month or so. I mean, it's, it's the fact that he's creating these from scratch on his own. Um, and, and I, you know, I think so Kevin O'Connor and Kevin Pelton have done a good job recently of, of really trying to, to show this and in, in his activity and in, in coming off pick and rolls and, and creating offense as well as, um, you know, just the incredible effectiveness he's had overall um, on the Pelicans offense. But, you know, it, it's, it's a diff, it's not just he's scoring, everything he wants to, to, to do, he's doing everything he wants to do in the paint. It's about how it's happening. Yeah. And, you know, shout out to Kevin and Kevin examples of good national media, putting out good content. So, you know, I'm really happy they did that. Kevin Pelton uh, did it in, in writing form and, and he showed us with his charts as well as his research, how Zion's ball screen usage as a pick and roll ball handler has increased astronomically over the past few weeks to the point where, you know, he's, he has a profile of, of guys like Giannis, um, even more, more so than Giannis and Ben Simmons, right? Which is pretty important for this offense going forward. And uh, Kevin O'Connor uh, put this in video format. And again, just an excellent video. Make sure you go check it out. 
uh, he put it on uh, the Ringers YouTube channel as well. And, you know, as you mentioned, this level of creation for self, creation for others, for a 20-year-old who's played less than 60 games of his career, who's figuring things out on the fly, who has, you know, Steven Adams in the paint. Everyone, like, yeah, Steven Adams is down there clogging the paint. Um, teams are cheating off of Eric Bledsoe. Teams are cheating off Alonzo Ball. In fact, teams are cheating off of Brandon Ingram when it comes to Zion. If it's Zion is on the floor, they do not care about who else is on the floor. They're packing the paint, and this guy is still creating magic out of out of out of nothing and honestly it's something new with him you watch every single game uh whether it comes to making reads or finishing layups in crazy ways it's it's really hard to process what's going on watching him and i think it's harder for people who don't watch him to kind of conceptualize what he is just even looking at his numbers they're like okay well he's six 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 seven uh He's shooting over, you know, he's shooting 61% of the field, almost scoring 26 points a game. Who is this guy? And then and the tendency for us to is to lean into past comparisons and like, okay, is he Shaq? Is he Barkley? And the answer is he's neither. You know, he's nothing like anything we have ever seen, which is why it makes him difficult to evaluate as a prospect, but it's part of his, his fun, his overall entertainment factor. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 the, and, and that, that's exactly probably what, what I should have referenced in the top when I said this team is more fun. It's more fun because of, uh, I, I think, uh, it, it, because it's Zion. It, the, the focus is Zion when he's on the floor. And if it's not Zion, it should be Zion at this point because that's really what, what, and he's, he's making the game so much easier for, for everyone else. I mean, I think, I, I think Ingram's having a, an easier time than he was earlier in the season. I think obvious, the, the obvious uh, main benefactor here is Lonzo Ball, who's been just on a tear. Uh, over the over the month of February and so um, I think you know credit to Zion not just for getting buckets and an astounding rate on his own but creating for others in even when it doesn't show up in his assist total the 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 ball's moving when he's not shooting him for himself and the Pelicans are generating high quality looks and it shows in the overall performance of the offense which is uh, on cleaning the glass second in the entire league over the month of February just barely below the multi-star Brooklyn Nets team, uh, you know, with, with James Harden and, and Durant and Kyrie. So obviously not th- those guys have missed some games, but that team's been obviously has a ton of offensive talent. And the fact that the Pelicans uh, at that's this stage of their development process are right on their heels um, says a lot. Yeah. I mean, the offense has been historic in its own right. Even for the season longs offensive rating, it's like a top 20 offense of all time which is absurd. You know, you look at this roster and, and you see who's on it and you're like, okay, there's no way this is a historic offense, much less what it's doing now. And then, as you said, they're just a step behind the Brooklyn Nets, which is very difficult to process. And part of it might be fluky, right? I, I don't think Lonzo is a 46% three point shooter. I, I just don't think he is. I don't think Hater. Eric Bledsoe is a 40% Hater. three point shooter. Um, <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> and so it's, it's, it's tough to see, you know, where, where the bottom is, but the results are promising. And I think, you know, before we get into Lonzo and everyone else, I do want to open up the the floor to you because, you know, I think I think this is a topic I'm planning on writing on. Um, not entirely sure yet. I, I like to kind of like do my research and ask around um, before before getting into topics like this. But let me ask you this. 
I asked Stan Van Gundy um, a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, like what the future is with Zion, right? You know, are they going to kind of stress test this dude and see where is the limit? How much ball handling can he take and how effective can he be? You know, where, where is the point of, of diminishing returns? And he was basically like, yeah, I mean, like long term, our goal is to do exactly that is, is to get more and more and more of Zion uh, with the ball. And part of it is he has to, to get in point guard shape, which is different in which is requires a different level of conditioning. Um, and that's, a, and, you know, that's, that's a totally fair point. You don't want to overburden the young fella. Um, and I think they've done a good job of increasing this progression every game. So, you know, but if this is the future with Zion, if the future, you know, the, the nerdy term for it has become heliocentrism, right. Where you kind of just put the ball in your best player's hands and let them create for others, let them create for themselves and kind of get out of the way you cater the offense to that. If if the future is is heliocentrism around Zion, then what what does the team build around him look like? You know what what do you need to make it work to make it go? Like what is what is the like you know three years from now you want to have a contender around Zion? How does that look? It's a it's a fascinating question, and I would love to read anything you have to write about this topic because there, there's the, I think the most interesting debate in the near term is about does this team need a true point guard, or or is that what we're seeing from Zion between him and Ingram being able to create and both those guys I think are getting better by the game. Uh, we, we saw a lot from Ingram in the first few games; his assist totals kind of uh, skyrocketed up. Then they came crashing back down a little bit. Maybe we got, we, you know, maybe we got a little bit too out in front of our skis on that one. But I, I think there's no denying that those two guys are getting better at it. Zion obviously showing it over the past month or so. But you know, between those guys, and obviously especially with Zion, if if that's if that's his future, um, it it opens up so much for this team. Um, first of all, Lonzo Ball becomes a a, a more uh, realistic option here to to have uh, to make with this to put with this team long term. And and I'm not saying that that's a, a, the route that they inevitably go down. But um, if you don't need a pure point guard in the in the traditional sense with guys like Zion and Bi at the best in the best version of this team, you just need more shooting and defense around them. I mean that that's really what it comes down to. And so you're the types of players that you can go after, I think, expand a little bit. And so um, I, I think that is a, a, a very important question. I'm still not sold that that's the best version of this team yet. Um, I, I think eventually there will be defense. Defenses will make some sort of adjustment and make Zion's life more difficult. They're, they're kind of learning as we are about his game as because it, it's evolving so fast. Um, but I think it's, you know, if that is really is how the Pelicans become the, it's so funny. Cause like, remember how we were talking early on uh, about Zion as the center being the, the future of this team, you know, can he be, can Zion at the five be the, be the end game here? <laughs> and now we're almost talking about Zion at the one. It's just nuts. It, it, it speaks to how unique of a player he is, like you were saying. And so, you know, long way of me, of me saying, I, I think it opens up a lot as far as the type of, of the types of players you can put around this team to be successful. It doesn't pigeonhole you into having needing a, a pure point to, to, to run this team. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And I think, you know, what, what's kind of separated Zion from, you know, Giannis or Ben Simmons is you know, not only his super worldly finishing ability, but it's kind of this ability to get to the rim that they don't have which is weird to say because those guys are athletic freaks in, in their own rights. They're a lot longer than he is. Um, so they can cover a lot more ground, but I think what 
a distinct advantage that he has is because he's six 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 seven, he can maneuver through traffic and small crevices uh, in an instant where I think it takes him a little bit longer. I think his, uh, I'm not going to say his ball handling is better than like Ben Simmons. I think it's his ball handling is really good. Um, but I think it's functional to the point where, you know, he only needs a dribble or two before he can get into that, that crack. And then he's so fast and explosive, he explodes through the gap and he's at the rim already. And, and then when he's at the rim, he has such a high hang time that he adjusts in midair to, to finish with whatever's appropriate. And I think, you know, that's, that's what separates him from those guys. And it allows you to be a little bit more flexible in your build and your roster construction. It allows you to play a uh, Steven Adams, right? It allows you to play an Eric Bledsoe with Steven Adams. So that that's a distinct advantage. And, you know, I guess let's, let's have the Lonzo conversation because for the longest time, the major criticism I had about this team was they don't have enough creators. I still don't think they have enough creators because I ultimately in a playoff setting, I would like a high level half court creator uh, to compliment Zion. So he doesn't have to do it all and, and to get him easy looks as well, but also like there's going to be moments in, in the future, you know, where, where Zion misses a week or two or whatever. And, and you need those creators to step up and, and do their job, you know? And, and so, but in the short term, you know, the problem was, okay, we don't have any creators. We don't really have a pathway to them. And the idea was, well, Zion's a little bit far away. So Lonzo was overtasked trying to create in the half court. They tried it with Ingram. He became overtasked pretty quickly because, you know, I think he, I think he has some difficulty switching between the a playmaking mode and a scoring mode. Like, I don't think those modes are simul- like exist simultaneously for him. I think it's either score or playmake and, and, um, not necessarily happening at the same time where he's making a decision uh, as he reads it. But, you know, it was like, all right, well, Nikhil's not great and Kyra is a rookie. Um, and that was complicating the bench units as well, because again, it was just a lot of like Zion trying to post up and then playing hot potato mm-hmm. around him. And, you know, they're just not getting good shots. And the bench units have been totally turned on their heads when just by just giving the ball to Zion. And of course, you know, we have that beautiful screening action with JJ, but there's other, you know, there's been other sets that they have run where with Zion with the ball in his hands and they're, they're putting him all over the court. You know, there it's, it's not just on one side of the court. It's not just one way to do it. And it's completely changed the outlook of that bench unit to where, you know, a bench unit that's not very talented looks competent because you have this jumbo creator making everything happen. And, and I think, you know, that like long-term, yes, more and more Zion is the way I, I would like one, at least like one high level creator to that, that Zion doesn't have to do the whole thing. And I'm not talking like, you know, just let's, let's go get a Chris Paul because Chris Paul is amazing. And those guys don't grow on trees, but you know, just one competent guy, I think would go such a long way. Yeah, um, I was I was actually going to look and see what the uh, look for your daily drive stats post uh, to see what what this what, what the actual numbers look like for the the Pelicans Bucks game and it looks actually I, I didn't realize Ingram drove quite that much um, even though the last drive was probably one he should not have taken but <laughs> alas yeah I, I mean it is um, it, it's I it, I guess it depends on what your um, what your timeline looks like because. Who knows? I mean, two, three years from now, if that's really even a, a need for this team. I mean, if, if, if Zion gets to the, the apex of what Zion can be, 
then maybe maybe between him and Ingram and, and of course Ingram too. I mean Ingram's still young and, and developing as a as a creator uh, as a you know off the off the dribble as well. So um, I, I think you know you, you just it's it's the same problem as before where you don't know what the future state the final state of this team will look like because the players are still developing but it's it's for it's better news than it was before because they're kind of exceeding your expectations and 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 you've got to wait and figure out exactly what the right pieces are because they're they're zion particular is growing so so fast as a player um so it, it's exciting yeah i mean like i look at i look at lebron right and even lebron wanted a playmaker when he was in Cleveland, he was asking for one. I mean, he had Kyrie. He wanted more. Um, they got the job done because LeBron is LeBron and Kyrie just went on uh, an absurd playoff streak where he was amazing. Um, and I think Kyrie, you know, Kyrie is good enough of a creator, at least for himself to, to kind of get the job done uh, because again, the, the end goal is creating easy offense. And, and if Kyrie can't do it for others consistently, I think he's fine. I think he's perfectly adequate for it. He can at least do it for himself. And so, you know, the, the sum of, of the possessions that you give Kyrie the ball and you get, make something happen, they're going to be positive because he's just that good offensively. And so, you know, and you look at an LA, he, he asked for Rondo. He's, they went and got Schroeder. These guys aren't fantastic players, but you know, it's just to, to kind of help them. And I don't think Zion is, anywhere near LeBron's level as a, as a playmaker yet. Um, and he may not ever get there, right? He, he may not ever get there. I think he's going to be more than good enough. Um, and, and, but it just kind of like, but you're right. It, it brings us back to like, okay, maybe like the future is filling the team with a bunch of three and D wings that are versatile defensively, but not because we're trying to play Zion in space and Zion at the center but because, you know, he is so versatile that you could play him at any position, essentially. And, and then you have these guys that are keying in on defense and, and just need to be able to hit the open shots that he creates. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to ask, does this change your stance on the Pelicans, your, 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 main, your main crush and the Pelicans going out and getting him versus uh, loading up for a different type of player. Um, you know, is, is Bradley Beal still a guy you would love to just trade a bunch of stuff for to get on this team or have, does, does the way that Zion's developing as a player make you reevaluate the, where you want the spot, the spot you want to pick to go after and try to find the guy that complements this team the right way? No, I, I would still love to get Bradley Beal because I think if you want to win a title, you need an overwhelming amount of talent on the team as well as luck. But the Pelicans have neither at the moment. I don't think they have an overwhelming amount of talent. And if I have an opportunity to get a young star, I am making that play almost every single time. And, and I think this is a star-driven league, and adding a star next to Zion just makes the team that, more, that much more deadly. And then, again, if you have a Bradley Beal, then you could literally get a bunch of no-offense-playing dudes that, like, like like a bunch of Kenrich Williams and you could probably put out an above average or if not elite offense and then be a really good defense just because of the guy, your stars are just that good. They can lift those, those no offense playing units to becoming good. And so I'm fine going, getting Bradley Beal, but I think this kind of what, what I think, and I don't think many people have talked about is what if this gives you the freedom to go get a Rudy Gobert? Like I'm not saying Rudy Gobert is available, but like, you know, the archetype of, elite elite defensive big who just can't shoot you know like 
obviously Anthony Davis is, is a prime example and he can do a lot of things on offense and he can shoot as well. You know, like putting Anthony Davis next to Zion would be unfriggin' believable. But like, what if, you know, this gives you the ability to, to get a defensive anchor just like a, I mean, I think that was kind of the idea with Adams. A rich, right? a rich man, Steven Adams, right. That's a rich, exactly man, going with it. A rich yeah. man, Steven Adams. And so like, you know, what if Joel Embiid becomes available, you know? <laughs> so an MVP type player. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I, what, I, what I mean is like, we talk about stars from a perimeter perspective, but like, what about, you know, what about the defensive big man stars that we kind of ruled out because we wanted Zion in space? I think, you know, most people had kind of ruled out those fits, right? Um, and you know, like what, but what if you got an Embiid? What if you had Ben Simmons, not Ben Simmons, uh, Bam Adebayo, right? Those type of game changing defensive bigs, which again, I don't think any of these guys are available, but maybe there's some in the draft coming up. Maybe, you know, maybe you can unearth one, but whatever the case may be, I think this gives you a bigger, uh, flexibility in, in how you build a team around Zion. It doesn't have to be the stretch guy. And that's the biggest single point for me is because that it's, it's a lot easier to find. And, and we've talked about this in a couple podcasts this season because, because we've had to beat the, beat the drum on, on the spacing topic, but it's way easier to find guards and wings who can space the floor than it is to find good centers who space the floor. You, you, they just, they don't grow on trees. You're not going to find seven footers who can actually um, uh, get the defense's attention and so if you don't have to be pigeonholed into a guy like that to fit with a, the unique player that is Zion Williamson, that opens up so many more options. So I think that is arguably even more important than what he does for, for, for the guard situation. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, I think that's critical. And um, you know, maybe, maybe we got to think about uh, the types of players that, that fit best, maybe a, a tier below the Embiid's and Adebayo's uh, and, and Gobert's the world, at least right now. But um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I have to think about what type of, um, of fits would, would, would make sense in that regard, but absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I think it goes beyond like the, the Embiid's and the Gobert's, but it, you know, you, you, you take a hard look at those questionably shooting forwards, right? Um, I'm Pascal Siakam, tremendously versatile defensive player, does enough on offense, is a little bit out of his death as a first option, looked really really spectacular as a second option next to Kawhi it probably looked really good as a second option next to um uh Zion but even better as a third option behind Ingram um you know can you make a front court of Adam Siakam Zion work with Ingram and then you know let's say let's say it is Lonzo in the backcourt or whoever right I think that kind of those possibilities suddenly become much more real and in tradition, you'd be like, man, you got a bunch of dudes that can't shoot. But I'm, again, like, has it mattered? Has it stopped Zion from getting to the rim? And I think it will matter in the playoffs. Again, I'm not trying to diminish the importance of, sh- importance of shooting. If I could go get Carl Anthony Towns right now, I would move heaven and earth to go get him. Because then I could really go get those non-shooting forwards and, and, and build a good defensive team. But you know, I, I think there's an area to be explored where you can get those versatile non-shooting forwards, Pascal Siakam, uh, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, you know, uh, that mold of player that can play defense at multiple positions but aren't necessarily knockdown shooters, but they're not necessarily liabilities in offense either. Um, I, I, I would like to explore that. Um, 
uh, I, I guess Arizona doesn't really do much for your offense, but since you were naming all these all-star or MVP candidates, I'm surprised you didn't go the, the Jokic route. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I mean, look, like, yeah, if you can get a top 10 player, top 15 player in the league, like, yeah, that's it's no question, right? Um, I'm, I'm just more talking about philosophically from, uh, you know, what what having Zion lets you do with your roster. And, and I think there is a world where Siakam becomes available um, depending on what Toronto does with Lowry. And, and yeah, I mean, like they're paying him, they're paying, they gave him a max, a four-year max deal. And I think you could steal him for a good number of picks. And I would like, I, I, frankly, I would like him. I would like him on this team. And then, you know, a guy like that, you could even close with him at center. You know, like, you know, that's the thing. Like you could sub out Steven Adams or whoever your center is at, at that stage in your, in your rebuild or whatever. And, you can get a bunch of huge guys and then you go small, but it's not Zion at center. Then, you know, it's, it's the other dudes at center. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, are, there are interesting names for like, just thinking about the ways in which they would complement the, 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 the Pelicans team. I mean, um, just looking at other bigs, I mean, Sabonis offensively, man, with this team would be just dynamite. Um, I don't know. Again, it doesn't really solve a ton of your defensive problems, but yeah, I mean, there, I, I think it's fun to take a look at, uh, again at some of the names on this, uh, like uh, out there on the league of good players, guys, obviously like a lot of these are not available. I mean, I guess everyone's available for a certain price, but are, are by conventional wisdom, not available, but how, how they, how they may fit with this team now is maybe different than how you thought some players may have fit with this team two months ago. And that's really, that's what's I think most exciting to me about watching this New Orleans team right now. Yeah. I think summing all of that up is there, I feel like very few players I would say just don't fit anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those players are like the Westbrooks of the world. It's yeah. those hyper usage, non-shooting guards. But I'm like, okay, well, we don't, we don't need you. <laughs> Those are the players I would say don't fit anymore. But like everyone else, like you could make an argument that Zion could make it happen, and and that's exciting. I think it opens. I think it opens up to a bunch of bigger questions that that I will probably eventually want to tackle, and probably don't have time in the in this pod to do. You know, in he, I don't. I know we chatted about this once or twice, and I don't think. I just don't think age-wise he fits the timeline enough for me to want to bite off on it. But, but I mean, given what we've seen from Dream, uh, from Zion recently, Draymond Green, I mean, that I feel like he's the perfect type of defensive anchor that, that the, the team that would be awesome for most teams, but especially this New Orleans team. But, he, I mean, he's been a, such a disaster offensively, but maybe that's okay with this Pelicans team, the way they've structured it. I like Draymond Green. I would – I'm a big fan of Draymond Green. His contract is terrible. He's not scoring any points. He would probably piss off a lot of <laughs> probably piss yep. off a lot of people and 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 both on the team and and the fans. But I, I'm a Draymond Green fan, and and so if you know the Pelicans had an opportunity to get him, and the Warriors were willing to give up an asset to to move his contract, hell yeah, let me give you some Draymond Green. You know, like then you know again that that goes back to my like okay, well you can play these small person at center lineups. And that small person doesn't have to be Zion. You know, you can just you can get Draymond and you can get another wing. You can get, you know, like maybe a Tad Young. And then all of a sudden you have these rotating uh, switchable forwards who play defense, which the Pelicans don't have. Exciting stuff. 
exciting um, stuff indeed so you know that i feel like that was this was a very fun um discussion about zion i'd be comfortable wrapping up this podcast just at zion and yeah. and, and leaving it there i mean the man just made his also i mean made an all-star game maybe he's going to be in the dunk contest uh but he's been he's been phenomenal and i think you know we can just go on to part two where we just head on into questions and talk about everything else but zion is incredible it's it's a treat to watch him and you know people i feel like spend so much time and energy dissecting a player's game when they're witnessing greatness happening in front of them and you know 15 years from now when this guy is an all-star uh an all-time good player you want to be able to look back like yeah i i enjoyed all of zion's career you know, I think they did that with LeBron and a lot of people have wasted LeBron's career just criticizing him, which is fine. You know, you watch sports however you want to watch them. But sometimes where it's like, OK, this is greatness happening in front of you. You just got to sit back and, and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. And I think I think it's a different mindset that that has uh, kind of crept into the NBA because, I mean, the top players play for a long time. Um, I think in the case of like football, for example, to draw a comparison there, you can have uh, your your uh, quarterbacks aside, your stars are only stars for a finite amount of time. I mean, you're at your athletic peak, and you're you know you, an injury can can you know derail your entire career a little bit more in football. But 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 stars are just not stars for more than like maybe four four or five seasons really. And so you know I think we take it for granted that players can dominate for such a long time in the NBA, and we shouldn't. <laughs> this is like the prolonged dominance should be celebrated start to finish, and so. Um, yeah, totally agree. We, we've got to you know, enjoy this, especially, especially I, I don't think this is uh, breaking news to any New Orleans fans. I think this is more of a national type problem than, than uh, locally. But, you know, especially when you get these types of talents in, in small markets, you, you've got to you got to appreciate it every day. And so um, it's it's been a treat and looking forward to more. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, folks. Tune in to part two, where we talk about the rest of the time. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Hello everyone, my name's Colin Kelly and I have one question for you. Do you love fantasy football and do you want to win in 2021? Then be sure to check out Rotoviz Overtime and all the other Rotoviz podcasts with new shows dropping every day on Blue Wire. We've got you covered for all things fantasy football. Subscribe to Rotoviz Overtime today.